Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos-Duffy. Well, we're back. Favorite time of the week, Q&A, and we got right. some great questions today. So, first of all, we're going to talk a little bit in, later in the show on a really fun topic. There's the rise of the passport bros, okay? This has gone absolutely viral on TikTok, uh, almost 115 million views. This is a trend of men going outside of America to try and find a wife because they've given up on American women. They say they're too difficult. We're going to break that down for you, what's happening, what they're finding what I think they're missing um, about um, American women, but we'll, we'll talk about that, and we're going to get that to that. That was a great topic, Santin, yes. Yeah. But uh, first. First, we can't ignore the fact that not, not only that was there a debate this week um, for the Republican primary, minus the front runner, uh, but also there was an important election and uh, elections going on, and Republicans did not do well, and in particular, causing a lot of consternation in the party right now, um, and a lot of soul-searching and a lot of consultant bedwetting is the issue of abortion, because there were, there, in Ohio in particular, there was a, an, a, a constitutional amendment to, you know, make it, I guess, con unconstitutional to take away the right the so-called right for a woman to have an abortion. And so a lot of Republicans are saying, this means we need to change our position or modify it or seem more liberal or seem more compassionate um, or seem more, I guess, flexible on the issue of abortion. And Nikki Haley probably expressed that the most during the uh, debate that that they had in Miami this week. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I have... a. a a different opinion. I think you do too, Sean. Um, let me tell you what uh, what uh, J.D. Vance, who was who's senator from Ohio, if you have a chance, go look on his uh, Twitter feed. He has a really great analysis of what went wrong, what we need to do. He kind of breaks that down. It's a little bit long. But what I thought was interesting is at the very end of this very long tweet that he had, like, you know, multiple paragraphs long, um, he says this. He says, um, a lot of people are celebrating right now, and I don't care about that. I do care about the fact that because we lost, many innocent children will never have a chance to live their dreams. There is something sociopathic about a political movement that tells young women and men that it is liberating to murder their own children. So let's keep fighting for our country's children, and let's find a way to win. So what he's saying, Sean, is that we're not really making the moral case against abortion that that we've put as a as a as a party and really as a pro-life movement we've done a really good job of and and we had to do this part which is the legal side um and and judges and making politicians aware of how important the supreme court was because we were so focused on overturning roe versus wade even though most of us never thought it would happen in our lifetime, we were still working towards that goal. And then all of a sudden, two years ago, that amazing day, June 24th, um, it happened. We were all shocked. Um, we had a kind of a little bit of a teaser that it was going to happen because there was a there was a, a Supreme Court leak, something unprecedented for which we still don't know who the leaker is. But here we are, and we have all this work to do in the states. But we should recognize that it's still a win, Sean. We are debating this in the states, which is what we said we wanted. Right, which is contrary to what Democrats said all along, which was you've taken the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade. It was taking away the rights of women to have an abortion. Right. What it actually did was let people have a voice 
on the decision of abortion um, and, and vote on it. And that's exactly what's happened. And some people have protected life and others, like you just mentioned, Ohio, have given, in essence, uh, with the way it was written so loosey-goosey, uh, anyone the right to have an abortion almost up until birth. So I want to talk about what's happening, though, on the politics, because uh, Republicans lost uh, in 2022. Or they didn't win as much as the red wave was anticipated to be. In that midterm. In the midterm election. And then, yeah. you know, uh, last Tuesday, the election results were not that great for Republicans. Actually, it was, you know, pretty rough. I mean, Republicans didn't win Kentucky. It was a really close race in, my, in, in Mississippi. Uh, Republicans lost the, the House of Delegates in Virginia, didn't win the Senate. Um, not a good night. And then, the, yeah. as you mentioned, Ohio. So how here's, do we win, Sean? So you know, here's what happens. So uh, consultants and pollsters for politicians, they poll the, uh, the, the state or the district. And then the, the poll comes back and they're like, the number one issue is the economy. And then inflation. And then the border. And down at like issue number seven or eight is the issue of abortion okay mm -hmm. and um so they go well we want to run on the top issues that people care about the economy jobs inflation the border we're going to talk about abortion because it doesn't rate and so republicans don't talk about abortion and then democrats they spend millions of dollars in ads millions driving the issue of abortion and republicans want to take your right away to choose Right, they want to take away your gas stove and your abortion rights, which is like... Is it, that's, but also that. they're putting forward bills that are on their terms that we are forced to vote, vote around, right? So, vote, vote on. So, so, so what's insane about that is actually the abortion issue becomes a leading issue in a campaign. Mm -hmm. And Republicans are losing on it. And I would argue they're not losing on it because the American people are where the Democrat Party is, which is, again, late-term partial birth abortion. Sometimes being able to kill a baby after birth, that's where the Democrats are. That's not where America is at. But Democrats are winning on this issue for one reason, because Republicans don't fight on it. Republicans don't run ads on it. Mm -hmm. And so if a Democrat is calling a Republican an extremist because they want to protect life, um, and a, a, a Republican doesn't respond to that, that just sits out there, right? And, and everyone lets that sink in to their psyche as they're preparing to decide who to vote for, and then they go to the, to, to the ballot box on election day. If Republicans actually lean into this issue and go, I'm an extremist, no, 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 you're an extremist. You believe in killing babies at the point of birth. That's how radical you are. And you start calling them out on how crazy their position is in this issue. What'll probably happen is a lot of people in the middle of the conversation We'll say, well, I might not like the, the, the pro-lifers point of view, but I sure as heck don't like the Democrats point of view. Right. Somewhere in the middle. I don't really like either of them. So let's move to another issue. I'll decide on the economy. I'll decide on jobs or the border or crime. I'll decide on one of those issues. Um, but because Republicans refuse to fight, and that fighting means they can hide from, from the issue that's on the airwaves, doesn't mean they win. It means they actually lose, and they have been losing because they don't engage in the battle. I think you're spot on with that political analysis, Sean. I think on the political side, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of other work that has to be done yeah. on the cultural side. And it is a culture issue. Uh, and people can and do change their mind on abortion when they are presented with the facts about abortion. Um, you know, one of the people that was celebrating the most this past 
week was, of course, Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. Mm -hmm. And I thought about um, how, you know, she's not the president. Thank God for that. Um, but, you know, when she met Mother Teresa decades ago, a couple of decades ago, and um, she actually met Mother Teresa and said, asked Mother Teresa why there was not a female president in America yet. And Mother Teresa's answer to her was, she was probably aborted. <laughs> um, and I think uh, that Mother that's Teresa. sort of what J.D. Vance was talking about. The, the children that aren't here because of abortion, the children who, who don't get to have those dreams that you and I have and Valentina have um, because of abortion. And so we need to make the case and at the same time, we need to really love women through this. And 80% of women say they, who have had abortion, who have had an abortion, say they would not have chosen abortion if they had had support. And that's why I was really encouraged when I heard Vivek Ramaswamy talking about the role of men, um, holding men accountable, mm -hmm. um, involving men um, in, in having to take responsibility for their children, holding them accountable for, uh, um, you know, when, when, when they're not um, paying their child support. Um, child support, making sure that they are charged if they don't do that, that we have to make sure that legally men understand their rights and the more women feel secure about the financial role of men in, in the process, um, the more likely they are to not choose abortion as well. So there's, there's a lot of facets to this. Um, and also, Sean, and I was telling you, talking about this this morning because I'm watching, I just finished that series, morning, The Morning Show, with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. And it's a really fun watch. I, I, I don't know if it's, I like it so much because I have a morning show, so it's kind of funny to me to watch that show, and it's, it's fun. Um, but, boy, it is a big, massive piece of propaganda. And it goes down really fun, really. It's a great show. It's well-written. But when it comes to the issue of abortion, and they talk about it because some of the scenes take place when Roe versus Wade, first during the leak, and then when Roe versus Wade is actually overturned, there is not one pro-life woman on that show. And it's filled with, it's a cast that's a majority female. You know, there's a few men and they're all bad dudes in this, of course, in this feminist propaganda piece. But pro-life women are totally erased from Hollywood and from these very influential, and, and believe me, it is a very influential show. Young women who watch this, they see these beautiful actresses, they see these roles that they play as these powerful, you know, um, television hosts or, or corporate executives, and they are they are drawn towards this, and they all have the same point of view. They all are pro-choice. They all talk about abortion in this abstract feminist way of talking about choice and freedom and not really talking about the real consequences of abortion, the real bloody consequences of abortion. And so um, I, I just thought, you know, we're really hard on ourselves as pro-lifers, Sean. And we're just, they're playing a different game. I mean, how many millions of dollars do you think that show costs, Sean? Oh, God, I, I'm not a producer, but it was millions upon millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars to produce that show, to pay Jennifer the actresses Anderson to do the set. Spoon, I mean, these are, these are high-paid actresses. That's course. an in-kind donation to the pro-life movement. That is, that is the pro-life movement getting free money yeah. and in the culture war 
on abortion. I mean, you bring up a good point on, on money. So uh, after the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade, uh, the, the problem that pro-lifers had is they thought they won, right? Roe v. Wade is gone. And Democrats, so they said one thing on the airways, which is Republicans took away our right to abortion. They actually knew that this was going to be on the ballots across the country. And so they've driven millions upon tens of millions of dollars into national campaigns and into states and districts across the country. And Republicans or conservatives or pro-lifers have kind of sat back on their haunches like we won this one. All the while, the gain of Dobbs has been given up because you're losing at the ballot box in places where you should be winning, like Ohio, like Kansas, right. because you don't have the money to fight. We lost a Supreme Court race in Wisconsin a little over a year ago. Notice it was, it was this year. On the issue of abortion, the governor's race in Wisconsin, I think, was lost on the issue of abortion. And so you have to actually fight, engage, if you're going to win. Um, and that takes money, will, that Sean? takes resources. Do you think they will, though? Because so many Republicans listen to their consultants, who I've always said are bedwetters. Um, and I'm afraid that the lesson they'll take away from Ohio this week is, all right, we need to waffle. Oh, take, the, take a lesson from... from um, from Nikki Haley, who I think also wants to waffle on it. Of course, so I, so I don't know. You're gonna have a lot of people who wanna again try to run away from it. And running away from it will never work for you. And I just, I, my last thought on this is, there's a lot of things that are wrong with this country. A lot of issues that we're fighting on, that, that we see the country's going in a direction um, that we don't recognize, whether it's crime or border, you know, the massive spending, um, the transgenderism, you know, transitioning little kids, porn in libraries. This is the most fundamental issue. Yeah. If you can't get the issue of life right in the, in the womb, the most vulnerable human being on the face of the earth, someone who doesn't have, you know, a constituency that'll work for them, lobby for them, they can't give money because they don't make money, they're the most vulnerable. They don't speak. They're in the womb of their mother. Um, if, if you allow your society to kill those vulnerable babies, you don't protect them, everything else collapses after that. You get this right, you can start to get other issues right as well. And, and by the way, just and I, to take the, the, the morality of it aside, the joy that comes from children, mm -hmm. even unplanned pregnancies, they, as you always say, they're unplanned joy. Unplanned joy, yeah. And unplanned pregnancies can bring unplanned joy, and they often do. And they, they make people's lives better. And by the way, if someone feels like they're not in a place where they can have and raise that child, there are thousands upon thousands of couples that are looking to adopt. They go to foreign countries to adopt babies because they can't find a baby here. You can mm -hmm. find a good home for your child. So many options are available, but you made a really good point too, Rachel, which is I think our states need to, need to help support and yeah. donors and organizations have to support, support women who find themselves in a challenging time, that feel like they have no place to go, they feel like the walls are collapsing on them and it's darkness around them because they're pregnant. How do you help lift them right. up? How do you help go, we're gonna be here, we're gonna support you, we're gonna aid you, you're gonna be able to get through this. Don't leave them, don't leave them you know, out in the street. Help them. And pro-lifers have been doing that since day one. Um, one of the joys that I've had, Sean, and you know this, is as a pro-life activist, I like to go out and talk about it. And I get to meet 
um, so many people in the field, you know, people on the ground who are working at pregnancy crisis centers, um, at hope centers across the country, who provide diapers and clothes and jobs and, 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 and help with housing and all kinds of things for pro-life women. It is the most encouraging thing I've ever seen. And I do know that since, since uh, uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned, they have recommitted and doubled down on that in every way, shape or form. But there is a role for government. And one mm. of the things I got to see um, through doing my pro-life work is in the state of Pennsylvania. So remember Governor Casey, um, Democrat, a Democrat. He was the last of the Mohicans, right? Yeah. The last of the pro-life Democrats. And he was a Catholic. And um, he started, he gave, I think it was $20 million that he, he had devoted to provide homes. Because some, some girls, they get pregnant and, you know, they're out on their own. Their parents won't help them. Their boyfriends don't want them anymore. And they literally need a place to stay. And, and to help them and to give them a hand and help them find a job, um, you know, uh, when, when all is done. And so there was a full infrastructure, it was one, one of the best in the, in the country. And even through Democrat, subsequent Democrat governors and, and Republican governors, they've kept this program intact. And now with this last governor, I don't remember the name of this Democrat governor, taking away this money. And this is such a travesty. Because Pennsylvania should have been, in this regard, an example to the rest of the country. Now, they're trying to still get the funding and make this happen. And there are other states who have followed that model and, and, and got it done as well. But there is a role for the government to help. I mean, I would rather my government put money for a, a, a home for women um, in need like this and, and their children than to see, um, you know, right now our government, by the way, is funding... How do we put vaccines in, in vegetables and things like That's this? Right. So there's a lot of waste in government, a lot of waste in government. And this is exactly the kind of thing that government should get involved in to help fund our pro-life um, pregnancy and centers. Democrats should be in favor of it. Of course they I think, should. I thought they support women. No, they only women. support abortion. They That's actually right. do not support women. And the people who have been there for women who have made the choice to have their baby have always been pro-lifers. Last thing on this, Sean, politically speaking, um, there are going to be people who just don't agree with us in the suburbs where the culture and the influence of the culture is just not going to change their mind in, in time for, say, the next presidential election. And I have been hounding for a long time, both on our podcast and also on Fox and Friends, saying Republicans need to give suburban women, women across America, another reason to vote for them. And I think that is food policy. Um, get on the side of preserving organic food, uh, making it easier for farmers to produce good, wholesome food, getting big food, big farms, um, you know, stop giving them the advantage um, and give advantage to, um, to people who are creating wholesome food, the kind that our grandmothers grew up eating. That's what people want for their children. So I think food policy, mm. taking on big food, um, and, and, and all those issues around it, um, Representative Massey, our friend Callie Means, who we've had on the show, all of them coming up with really great policies to, um, to, to for, for around food and healthy food and, and helping people eat more healthy. 
that is, by the way, a pro-life policy, in my that, view. It, it is. And it gives women another reason. So, you know, there's people, maybe they're not going to change their mind on abortion, but give them another reason to vote Republican. I don't see Democrats stepping up. They're in bed with big food. They're in bed with big pharma. Let's see Republicans take on these issues. So that's my last word. We'll be back with much more after this. Let's talk about our other topic about women, but also how men are responding to the women that are available to them in America. So we're going to talk about that. But really quick, I just want to talk about the sexiest man alive. So, you know, people okay, you throw in, you throw in topics. I'm going to throw. Yes. So I, I got to get to this, this first. This is not pre-approved by me. So the sexiest. So People Magazine every year comes up with the sexiest man alive. I've not always agreed with the who they choose a lot of times i do every time they've had brad pitt on i'm 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 in favor well done well, well done, done well done people uh but this year it's patrick dempsey of course everyone knows him from gray's anatomy you and i first saw him when he was on can't buy me love you remember can't that awesome love. 80s, 80s rom-com yeah it oh, is yeah. an 80s if you have not if you're young and you have not seen can't buy me love um, with Patrick Dempsey, that is a great way to enter into the 80s, right? It's, it was super formative for me. I loved, I remember just, it was just such a great film. But that got him started. He's now at 56. That's why I'm bringing it up, Sean. He's 56. He looks amazing. Um, he's married to, he's been married, I think, for 24, 25 years. Um, and um, it's the second, his first marriage is really weird. We can talk about that later. Really weird marriage um, with a woman like 20 some years older than him. Strange, strange thing. But he got his act together. He met this hairstylist. He has a great family. He left Grey's Anatomy because he wanted to, he was, he was losing this marriage. He was spending too much time working and he was, his, his marriage was on the rocks and he was like, that's it. I don't want this anymore. He got out of Grey's Anatomy, focused on his wife and his four kids. And now, at 56 years old, he is the sexiest man alive, according to People Magazine and so many people who think he's super hot, which I am one of them. But, Sean, 56, does that give you hope? You're in your 50s, early uh, 50s. I'm in my, thank you. Uh, no, I'm not, I won't be... I won't be. Patrick Dempsey, but you know what? Here, listen, 50 is like the new 40. Uh, I totally you, agree. You can take care of yourself. You can Maybe eat well. Maybe even the you new 30s. Maybe it's the new 30. Um, I, I'm surprised that People Magazine didn't make Joe Biden the sexiest man alive. That surprises <laughs> me. Um, but they didn't. They went with Patrick Dempsey. So, yeah, no, listen, I, I do think at any age, um, making sure you're, you're fit and strong and eating good things, which sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. We all, you know, are a work in progress. But that's, that's, he's, he, he would be an example of someone who appears to be doing it right. And you kind of yeah, hang on to some of that. He's definitely taking youth. care of himself. Yeah. All right. And, and by the way, I, that's my last note on this. I think taking care of yourself matters. for your spouse matters. And for yourself. And for yourself. But also okay. for your spouse. It matters. And so um, the key to a happy marriage, take care of yourself. Or a happy life is a happy wife or a happy wife is a happy life. And or a sexy man makes a wife happy. That's why the, last, the last couple of months for me have been a little rough. <laughs> Since his surgery, um, you're still sexy to me. He's put on some weight. It's okay. <laughs> I, know, I know you can come back from that. Take it off. He hasn't put that much on, by the way. I mean, it's just yeah, a little thanks. bit. Just a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, but anyway... To me, you're the, I'm going to call people and tell them they got it wrong. It's Sean Duffy. He's the Thanks. sexiest man alive to me. Okay, so that. we're going to move on to this next topic because it's really interesting. So we have what, this. Patrick Dempsey and Brad Pitt. 
Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> well, you Thanks, know, Rachel. I think it's Paul Newman, and you have a little Paul Newman in you, and I've I always been in love with Paul Newman. Um, okay, so I want to get to this because this is really fascinating. So there's this trend; it's called Passport Bros, and it has gone viral on TikTok. There's there's some of it on Instagram, but most of it is on TikTok at 115 million views. So basically, it's a lot of men who have gotten sort of, they, they're, they're sort of sick of American women. They think they're too, they're, 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 they're too demanding. Um, they're, you know, too hard to deal with. They don't, they don't want, they don't appreciate their men. This is according sure. to them. They don't appreciate their men. And what these men have found is that women overseas have more traditional views about marriage, about being a, a wife, about having children. Oh. Or Sean's holding Valentina, if you're listening. Valentina's been with us during this podcast. and She was fussy at first, but now she's just falling asleep on top of Sean. Um, okay, and so they are going, these are the places they like to go to, Latin America, Asia, Eastern Europe. Um, they say the women are just nicer, more accommodating, I guess, more traditional. Um, more family oriented and 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 so that's that's the trend and they're going on TikTok talking about their foreign born spouse and how they're so much happier since they gave up on american women now they're they're at first blush when i heard the story i was like well i would think that this is an industry where someone is looking for short-term love yeah you thought this was like the the, prostitution yeah no no no. these guys are looking for marriage or i thought they were looking for a a wife that would be submissive that will be like my caretaker my slave some of them have said that they've said you know women over there know how to submit which was really off-putting but not all of them are like that but it appears that more men are saying you know what i can't find a good woman here i want to look for someone in a different culture that by the way you know in in some of these places a, a, a good, a decent American salary is like you're rich in this country. Yeah, those that are going like to Thailand and Vietnam yeah, and, and so, places like that. And so, yeah. if you can find someone that has that thinks good, you're rich, no, but th- you're just that middle class, you're rich and, you're, and, you, and you have and you have good values, and yeah. you find each other attractive, yeah. and you know you want to have a family together, mm-hmm. that's great. And I think, listen, I, again, 80s and 90s, a lot I think better women to choose from, a lot different values than the girls today. And you know, if you if you have a, a, a of trying to trying to date someone that hates men, isn't a whole lot of fun, um, and that 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 or doesn't want to get married or doesn't want to have a family, and you're a guy who's like I I want someone to like me, and I like to have a family and I like to have a marriage with this person, and if you can't find it here because the pool is so small of women who want that, well, don't be afraid, go overseas. Uh, this makes I I, to- I this totally makes I understand to the complaint. I agree that. Um, America, a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of damage that feminism has done in the relationships between the sexes. And so I think that the need is there, but you don't have to go to Latin America and you don't have to go to Yugoslavia or Vietnam or Thailand. Just pick a Republican woman. Republican women, um, and by the way, all the happiness studies show that married Republican women are the happiest. Um, so, interesting trend. A lot to After unpack the last there. election results, there may not be that many Republican women. <laughs> there may not be. There and are. So, there are plenty of yeah. Republican, good yes. Republican. We are being erased by the culture. You won't see us on. You won't see us in Hollywood movies or on big, expensive, you know, Netflix and Apple TV, you know, series. We exist. We're out there. Find us, Republican, conservative, religious women. Don't have to go overseas. 
to find a good woman. But it is an interesting sign of the times. It's called um, Passport Bros. Same. Um, if, if I can't find love in America, I'll find love somewhere else. And again, I wish to the need for love we all have. It does, and it seems. I mean, it speaks. To, we do. We've done a lot of these sh these, these shows about the problems with love and connection and dating and marriage. And uh, again, I think you, this could be a sad trend, but people are giving up on love here. Men are giving up on love here. Yeah. And they're going somewhere else to find it. And you know who loses? Mm. The women. Yeah. The women in America will lose because in the end. All these things that Hollywood promotes, you know, focus on your job, focus on your bank That's account. That's not even Hollywood. That's academia, too. The happiness comes from a family and a marriage right, um, and the bond that's created and the caring for each other that, um, that creates, I think, happiness. And these poor women are going to see good men go somewhere else and they're going to be stuck by themselves alone right. and lonely the feminist movement has sold so many lies to young women and so many by the way depression rates mental health um you know negative mental mental health rates all of that is off the charts we've never seen women more depressed more hopeless on more um pharmaceutical drugs um, and, and more depressed than we do right now. And I believe that is a direct cause of feminism. Feminism is selling women a bunch of lies. And, and what we're doing is we're sending our men abroad um, to find good women. There's plenty of good women here. Just don't buy into feminism. By the way, men, sure. I'm glad you're looking for love, but there is love right here in America. Just find a good conservative faith-based um, Republican woman and you'll Rachel's be fine. going, looking for love in all the wrong places. No, you know what? I actually think going to Latin America makes a lot of sense. A There's a lot Latin of good woman. woman. I'm and all for that. if you think they're going to be submissive, you're wrong. <laughs> I know. That's a, by the way, when I they told Sean, I have submissive. to say this before we go. When I told Sean the story <laughs> about where all these men were going to find these traditional you know, quote, submissive wives. Sean said, oh boy, if they're going to Latin America looking for submissive wives, they're all going to be disappointed. Good. They act like that until they get married. Good probably. women, traditional women, but not submissive. They're oh, no. not submissive. <laughs> so we'd love to hear what you guys think about this topic, about the men going overseas to find love in women. It's, it's fascinating. And we appreciate you guys all joining us at the kitchen table for a great uh, set of issues. <laughs> I didn't approve the Patrick Dempsey uh, topic, but there well, you go. You were just a little shy because I said you're sexy, but oh, you are. Well, listen, thank you all for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Please subscribe, get a notice of whenever our podcast drops. That's Wednesday, Thursday, or and Friday, like today. It's Q&A. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.